your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing What John Dirt. I believe this is episode 36. I'm your host, Evan McCrory, and today my guest is going to be Nick Dietz. He is a driver currently very high up, second or third in the points with the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model Series touring around the Carolinas. And uh, their last race was Sumter uh, a little over a week ago, I believe it was the 22nd. Their next race coming up is August 5th. Uh, I actually recorded this episode a few days ago. I uh, just already had him lined up to just come on and just uh, already went ahead and got that conversation over with. And uh, yeah, I think it was a really good conversation, really good uh, dude to learn a lot about and uh, how he grew up at Hartwell and a couple other trucks around that area and just what he thinks about Blue Ridge and other racing around, a couple of rural things that's just late model things in general. And uh, we actually kind of tied together some uh, dots of uh, some big news that came up over the last week or so. So the Kohlers, uh, his family, Jordan Kohler's family that owns Jimmy Owens Ride Kohler Motorsports, and they own the Ultimate Trucking and Towing Company, I believe it is. They are purchasing and going to be running Friendship Motor Speedway in Elkin, North Carolina, and they're going to be rebranding it to the Ultimate Motorsports Park. And they're going to be hosting a Ultimate Super Late Model Race, August 26, paying $7,500 a win. And they're also going to be having Oak Wheel Modifies of Mideast Rules, I believe, and a couple other divisions. And another race happening in October, I believe so, which is awesome. i uh, love to see a track that has a lost speedway coming back. And uh, kind of how me and Nick connected the dots a little bit on that was uh, he was like, yeah, I heard a little bit something about friendship coming back. And I was like, I was like, uh, does that have to do something with what Kelly Carlton said? He posted, I think it was like a little over a week ago. I I might have only been on his Twitter, I'm not too sure, but he said something about there being a ultimate return for one of the lost speedways in the area. And that's where me and Nick kind of made the connection, but didn't really think much, too much about it. And we recorded that Tuesday, and then that came out on Thursday, and I sent him a message, I'm like, yo, <laughs> like we we predicted it. And I, I shared it on Facebook, whatever, but let's get into the interview with Nick on the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline. Uh, I am placing the order right now for the new John Dirt t-shirts, just waiting for Bandit to get back to me. And yeah, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm ordering a couple extra shirts for each size. So if you're still interested in getting the Do Much On Location shirt, you can find that on all the Do Much On Dirt social medias or my personal Facebook page, Evan McCrory. But yeah, uh, if you don't follow me on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok every once in a while, uh, go follow me on there if you're new to the show. Thanks for uh, tuning in. If you're uh, a regular, Thanks for thanks for loyal support. I really appreciate it. But let's get into the interview with Nick Dietz. Today's guest is currently very high in the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model points. He is coming off of a strong run of sixth place at Sumter Speedway, driving the number twenty-two from Hodges, South Carolina. Nick Dietz, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Hope you are as well. I'm yeah. Glad you uh, caught the the Hodges part as well. A lot of folks just say Greenwood, but. Uh, Hodges is kind of a small town within Greenwood, so it uh, it very rarely gets noticed. Being honest, I that's what it was on your Facebook, and that's what Blue Ridge had you had you listed as. So that's what I ran with. <laughs> if I didn't see that, okay. I would have right. done Greenwood. Good. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, speaking of Blue Ridge, you're uh, running their rookie points, and uh, bef- they haven't came out with the points yet after Sumter, but 
uh, before, you were second in the rookie points and uh, third in the total overall points behind uh, Shiree and uh, Colt Smith. How, uh, how do you feel about the season so far? Uh, it's been really good. Um, we, we started off really strong. I think we led the field to green both the first two races um, at Carolina and at uh, East Lincoln. I led over three-quarters of the race at East Lincoln and just got passed in lap traffic. So we weren't really, you know, we were kind of unsure as to how we would do points racing and traveling. We haven't traveled in some years since I was in 604 stuff. And then uh, our plan was kind of just to just to start it and see how we were. And if mid-season we were even remotely competitive, you know, we would stay. And um, we were right there in the hunt for the lead for a while. And then Scott clicked off a few wins so um we were kind of just cruising in second leading the rookie deal and um just had some some misfortunes you know we've lost i think two drive shafts and we were leading lakeview the last time we were down there and about eight laps to go had a motor expire so just some tough breaks here and there but um and I, it's hard to draw the calculations but i think as of right now after sumter we should be back to second in points and leading the rookie so um, I know Colt had a, had a tough break this past weekend at Sumter, so I hate to see that for him. But, um, yeah, I think we should be sitting second again and leading the rookie and just hoping to continue and finish the year strong. Yeah, it's, uh, Sumter was last race, and you had a good sixth-place finish there. Uh, i trying to remember who uh, who won that. Uh, do you remember who won Sumter a couple days ago? Yeah, the, the 09. Yeah, um, 09. Uh, long? So, yeah, sometimes I think his last name is Long. I can't recall his first name. I want to. I know, he's, I know he's a, a teammate, and um, there is car owner Sean, I believe. It's um, part of you know Scott Shireen's crew. They that's a, that's a pretty new piece. I actually saw it when it was being built at at um, Cagle's shop. Um, so he, he's he's been been fast, and uh, I think he got around uh, he got around the double zero of Dockery there with just a few laps to go. So good run for him and. Uh, Definitely congratulations. I think it was his third series win, so that's pretty cool. Hey, I got I to gotta give him his due, so we don't. I don't want to not shout him out. It was uh, Derek Lane. His uh, nickname is Motor Breath, and he is the 58th different winner in series history, and he was the 8th different winner of the year for Blue Ridge. There you go. There you go. And then uh, second, he definitely, yeah, he definitely was running pretty good. Yeah, second was Dockery, and then third was Shirey. And then uh, rest of uh, big A. I'm I was surprised uh, Saturday night. I was at scribing with uh, Jack Cofer. He does a bunch of media stuff. Hey, uh, I saw me and him saw Big A finish fourth, and we we're like, what? Like, what? How? <laughs> hey, he was in uh, Doug's car. It seemed like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I thought I thought it was Doug driving the whole night, and so I saw Doug in the payout line, and I told him you know good run. He was like, oh, that was Big A. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Never knew uh, that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And then uh, fifth was Richie Richie Corley, and then sixth was you. Uh, it looked like Dylan uh, Dalton Hodge was seventh. Uh, Dylan Watson, eighth. I'm just kind of going through that a little bit. Colt Smith. Yeah, Colt ended up being. Eighteenth, yes. Uh, uh, rough run for Colt. I like uh, I like him and his Colt forty five. And uh, I I didn't uh, actually realize that that was his first season run for rookie as well. I felt like he's been around Blue Ridge for a little while. Yeah, I mean, me, me and him, you know, I, I, I go down to the Georgia areas a lot when Hartwell was open. We went to Hartwell a lot. I really love that place. Um, I, saw some photos, I saw some photos of Hartwell today, and I'm I'm not happy about it. I did I did too. Yeah, it's it's kind of devastating. I uh. I cut my teeth there, actually. My, my first year of racing back around 
10 or 11, I don't know, 12, somewhere around there. We went to Hartwell every Saturday night, it felt like, and 604 Racing was pretty prominent there. I mean, you had Parker Herring, McCoy, Tylow, mm-hmm. um, just a, I mean, there was easily for a Saturday night show, 600 bucks to win. There was 24 cars every week. And I guarantee you we ran 24th, 23rd for every race for like a whole year, just getting used to racing and figuring out what it was. So I cut my teeth there, and then over the years got really good there. I won, I don't know, four, five, six races there the last year they were open, the season opener and the season closer um, of 2022, I believe it was. And um, I hate to see it going to the wayside. Hopefully someone gets it soon. I saw some rumor mill stuff. That somebody had bought it or was buying it, so we'll see what happens. I I don't know if this is the same track that uh, Kelly Carlson, who runs SCDRA and Ultimate, uh, posted on Twitter a few days ago, saying uh, uh, hearing some great news about a lost speedway, and it's going to have an ultimate comeback, which means in his Ultimate series, he's going to try to get that series to be there. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just me, kind of. Pulling that out of uh, pulling that out of my ass, but like <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing rumblings about Lake Hartwell, and I've seen I've seen a couple of things about it too, and then Kelly's saying something, and he like I would like to see uh, Hartwell come back with with Ultimate, a big series, a big big comeback. I'd love to see that because I, I unfortunately I'm more down in the Columbia area, so I haven't been able to make it up there in the couple of years I've been around. But uh, we'll go back a, a little bit. So you said you started at Hartwell around like 2010, 2011. Like how uh, how'd you really get introduced to racing and how'd you get into a late model? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, my, my dad raced back in the late nineties, early two thousands for, I don't know how many years I'd say probably eight, nine, 10, 12, I don't know, uh, some odd years. And, um, he got out of it, I think around Oath four, Oath three, somewhere around there. And I was in high school and actually lo and behold, I was kind of a, uh, I was, I was a bad kid, man. I ain't to you. <laughs> but I was actually on restriction or something, and um, I wanted to get out of the house. And I was like, hey, Dad, let's go to this race at Gaffney and watch it. So we did, and I was like, this is really cool. I think I could do this. So I got to looking online and actually found a car that had his old number on it, which is 22, which is how 22 came about. It's the number he used to run. And um, I was like, man, we got to have this car. This is the coolest thing ever. So we went down there and just – just bought it and started racing and I had a bunch of friends that were into it. Um, I'm, I'm uh, stones throw away from Dale Thames and Larry Thames, uh, and their house and their shop. So I had their help for a lot of years and heck I still have their help, honestly. But, um, just had some local friends that did it. There's probably Hodges have got, I don't know, thousand people or so. Maybe it's that. Mm-hmm. And I get, there's, there's seven racers that live right there. Seven or eight. I mean, it's, it was just kind of a, a racing little area, and uh, got into it, fell in love with it, and here we are. Yeah, uh, going back a second, uh, shout out to Dell Thames for sweeping the weekend at Screvin in the 602 Bandit Series. That was pretty cool to see. I like seeing Dale win, especially when I see him yeah. at Lawrence a couple times. I've been uh, there this year. Man, them, them uh, limited races at uh, Lawrence this year, the, not limited, but 602 races they've had, especially with Luke Cooper and – some of those guys have been getting roughed up. It, it's been pretty entertaining from a track that's kind of needed it, like Lawrence. Yeah, I hated to see him put out limited last year. I mean, we're, we're 25 minutes in the racetrack there at Lawrence, and um, I've always had speed there. Actually, I, I won my first race there, and um, I hated to see him cut out the class, but kind of understand it from a financial perspective. I'm looking forward to this weekend, actually. Uh, I know David Cannon's helping put the race on. 
and um, they've got they've got limited late models going to run this coming Saturday for two thousand to win, and they're going to follow the Blue Ridge Outlaws rules package. So looking forward to seeing you know if any of the Blue Ridge guys come to support it just to get some extra practice for the I think it's the September the thirtieth. We have a race there, a series race. Yeah, that's what I'm trying so, to catch up. We're going to see if anybody comes to get some extra practice, make sure lap times. I know I think Dylan Watson had mentioned he might come. Um, I spoke to yep. uh, Scott Shire and his group about it. So we'll see who all comes, but hoping they have a, have a good turnout. And um, maybe it puts some, some ideas into getting the series or the uh, the class back in action weekly or maybe just monthly at least. Yeah, that would be cool to even uh, just keep them Blue Ridge rules if they end up coming back on a more regular basis, like uh, making – making the blue ridge like when you're promoting a race have it promoted as blue ridge rules kind of like uh some uh a lot of people do with mid-east i feel like uh when like people run open wheel modifieds now that's not mid-east sanctioned they'll still say it's mid-east rules a lot of tracks do it now with scdra with the frontal drives just because it's a good basis uh rule system to have and i feel like blue ridge is with the variability they have of uh, motor packages, the side spoilers, tires, all that type of stuff. That, that's one of the reasons why I like uh, Blue Ridge is the variability of everybody's car. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even if you didn't allow the side spoiler, the side spoiler is kind of Blue Ridge's own little trademark, if you will, you know, kind of throwing it back to the old day stuff. But even if you didn't want to have the, the, the sideboard and all that and the, and the droop rule, whatever, at least mm-hmm. like we went to Lawrence two weeks ago to, to just to test and, and race and support them as they ran limited. And, I mean, we had to put 150 pounds of lead on our car just to get back to, you know, what they considered their limited rules. And, I mean, it's just it's hard for a working man with, you know, this family and friend type help to make all those changes and do everything and then race one race and have to go right back and undo and readjust and rescale and everything else. So it's just, it's a lot of extra work. I mean, there's, we had 30 cars at something the last time we were there. We had 20, what, 22, 23 this time. And that's a that's if a really follow, good if you follow their rules package. I think their guys will come. We don't yes. race every week with the Blue Ridge. Those guys, you know, they want to they want to race, they want to test, they want to practice. So I think it can't do anything but benefit any racetrack, much less Lawrence, um, just to have a, a, a where your majority racers are follow those majority guys' rules. I agree with that fully. That uh, what is like the weight difference? Uh, for when people put on limited races compared to what you guys are on Blue Ridge? Uh, well, see, like with the Blue Ridge, you got so many different motor combinations. Like, I think 525s, um, they can be 2250, I believe. Okay. Uh, spec, spec motors and built motors up to, like, a certain, uh, I think it's a certain head. Um, it has to be 2350. And then if you've got... Um, Kind of a more a more powerful motor. They call it the I ninety five motors. They've got to be twenty three seventy five, and they've got to run the Pro three right rear tire rather than the okay. Pro two, the harder tire. Livonia, Lawrence, just regular limited races. We've got to be twenty four fifty. So you're you're talking about one hundred and twenty five pounds of lead at least. Yeah, um, just to be legal. That's pretty crazy. Um, actually, last night there's been a video that keep popping up, and I've seen a lot of people talking about was Austin Kirkpatrick talking about his straight rail chassis. The stra- I mean the straight axle chassis. Uh, I just wondering if you saw that video and if you had any uh, comments about it. I haven't, but I'll have to go look it up. Um, I'm not I'm not not exactly sure on what aspect he means of like straight rail chassis or straight, straight axle, axle chassis, but uh, axle. 
yeah, it's, um, I can't hurt to do any kind of research and maybe learn something new from one of the big guys, you know? It's one of the, it's one of the most interesting YouTube videos, especially about dirt late model racing I've watched where he spent multiple years trying to develop it and try new stuff where he had to, um, how I understood it was the axle was very close to where the radiator and the fan would have been or the, yeah, the radiator fan would have been. So he had to try multiple things to try to make that work. And same thing with the, uh, steering, everything was steering. He tried hydraulic, he tried all types of different things and fi finally found a, uh, mix that worked with it, tested it a few times, blew a motor, had to wait another couple of months. So it took him like three years and then he had a couple of good races with it. And then people found it and they ended up writing like dirt, dirt car ended up writing like a page and a half in the rule book, banning it and put him back to stage. <laughs> zero. Hey man, call that the, uh, the, the Davenport rules or whatever, right? I mean, yeah. when somebody finds that works, they, they outlaw it. I was literally there that night the last time it ever ran, and I didn't realize that until uh, watching the video. It was 2020 World Finals when they were calling it the last call and run the late models and the uh, sprint cars separate. And I remember him being very quick and not really – me kind of still being pretty new to late models at that point, like not really realizing who he was and him winning uh, – uh, he won the Clash Hall of Fame race in that car that year and beat the crap out of Overton and uh, a bunch of those guys went to Smoky Mountain, uh, set sail on Mike Marler in that car, and uh, and then they just shut him down. They just started looking into the car, figure out what he was doing. They're like, "You're gonna set back all of late model racing. You're gonna uh, you're gonna make everybody else's car obsolete." <laughs> and uh, his, his one of his sides of that was, "Yeah, but." with the i'm using a axle from a 1991 volkswagen or something he's he was using some crazy i don't think it was a volkswagen when he was using one it was ended up being an old axle from something old uh a part parts of it were from old vehicles steering steering racks things like that so he's like this could be more affordable for the lower level guys and uh one thing i was kind of we kind of touched on a little bit earlier how do you feel about the droop rule being uh enforced on like a lower level like late model series or just regionally i don't necessarily like it but i also don't dislike it they're not getting crazy with the number i mean i tell you i mean i've got a a i'm not gonna say newer but it's a not old outdated late model chassis it's a longhorn and um i was running you know hartwell livonia tacoa Lawrence, whatever places without droop rule and um decided we were going to go to blue ridge so i just was like okay they have a droop rule let's check my car up and see what it is i didn't have to make a, a a single change to my car i think i had to lower the deck and maybe a half inch maybe and that wasn't even to be legal it was just more for comfort i don't want it to be that close right so yeah their number isn't crazy it's not drastic um but at the same time you got folks that uh, you know, maybe their their decking gets knocked up during the race, or the limiter chain breaks. Mm -hmm. uh, the puck the puck gets soft, or spring gets weak, and uh, all of a sudden they haven't checked it in a few weeks, and they they get kicked out of a three thousand dollar win race. I, I Dino Long had that happen last year at Harris. Um, I don't think it's it has not happened this year in Blue Ridge, um, but I don't know how many times it has happened. I, f I feel like there's there needs to be some sort of workaround, you know, some sort of uh, loophole or um, hey, if we can determine, yeah, for sure it definitely broke in the race, then we have to go buy the same part 
you know, the car gets, it's like a motor thing, you know, that if, you, if a motor gets protested, uh-huh. it comes out and goes to a secure location. If my limiter chain were to break on a $5,000 win race, you can take it to your shop all you want to, buy that same part, put it on and recheck it. If it's still wrong, that's on me. Exactly. But if that puts it back right, then, you know, I get the money or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't, I'm not sure it's probably not ideal for everybody who wants to leave a $60,000 car in somebody else's garage. But uh, <laughs> something, you know, some sort of hole in the system would definitely be beneficial uh, for us local guys. You know, $5,000 is a ass ton of money for us. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I just wish it, I just hope, like, the surface they do the testing on would be consistent. Like, we're, we're not doing this in dirt. Let's have a good slab of concrete or asphalt or something to do the testing on. <clears throat> And especially down south and down regionally across the whole country, I don't feel like it should be so tight to like eighths of an inch, uh, quarter inch. I feel like a half inch over. I've certain even certain rough surfaces. You're gonna uh, we've seen it with certain people. Uh, half inches with a um, limiter chain breaking that stuff. It, it's just too unfortunate, guys. Like you can't control that stuff happening during a race usually. Like. Yeah, sometimes you can control, like, knocking your deck up a little bit, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have a jack wagon running in the back of you or you get slid up into the wall. Something happens, and I just don't like making it, uh, like, a borderline call. I I just – we need rules to be black and white and to be able to know if I win this race, I know I have myself legal, and during the race something happens that shouldn't fall on me fully to lose out yeah. on a big race like that for 5,000 for like you guys, which like you said, is an ass ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be highly upset if my, uh, one of my chain links got oblonged or something. And I mean, you know, that's the thing, you know, don't cut it too close. I think Scott, they're not Scott. Um, Smoot had told me a couple of different times that the winners of these races, they're, they're passing the droop check by, by an inch, sometimes more, which is, which is hey, smart. If your car can still handle that good and you can get by with it and, and go for it. But uh, I know a lot of guys cut it close, and I'm one of them. You know, I'm right there at the border. So, I mean, if something gets oblonged or that spring gets weak or the putt gets damaged or whatever, then, I mean, we're out. But, um, yeah, some sort of, some sort of uh, grievance, you know, pathway, um, whatever would be would be better for us local site guys. I mean, we're not running for fifty and 100000 and we're not in- engineers to beat the system by no means. I'm sure there's some super guys out there. Their cars just look... It looked too arced up on the bars, yeah. but then coming to the pits and actually pass tech, it's we we don't we don't have all that usually. I agree, and um, when it comes to when you're driving with that car with a lower droop, like lower 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 measurement than the rating uh, that they make you be at, does the car? How does the car drive to you? Like when if you've had it at like a lower measurement. Does that feel, how does the car feel different compared to having it like above the regulator? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, anytime you take spoiler out of the air, that's less traction. So the, the higher you can keep that spoiler, um, and, and for our, our instances, you know, we have that big sideboard. Uh-huh. Anytime you can keep all those, those big instruments in the air, then the more traction you're going to have. Uh, the lower you keep it, um, systematically, just the less traction you're going to have. There's other ways to get traction, you know, with four bars and springs and lead and things like that. But ultimately, the higher you can keep that, that those body panels, the more traction you're going to have. Is there any tracks that you guys uh, go to a Blue Ridge that the side spoilers and the spoilers in general don't really make that much of a difference, just how small they are and like how much of a ball ring some places are? 
<laughs> I thought that, my friend. I thought that. And my dad could probably testify to this. He was so pissed off. We went to Lancaster um, for the second race. Or maybe it was the first one. I don't recall. Anyway, um, I said, look, this place is so big. I think that the side spoiler on the um, those long straightaways are actually hurting the car nope. more than helping. <laughs> um, so I was trying to just build straightaway speed and, and be faster in the straights. And I took it off, and Dad said, yep, you're probably going to be about 10th or 12th. I said, no, I'm going to have more straightaway speed. I'll be fine. Well, nope, I was about 10th or 12th. And huh. uh, and um, we, we immediately put that spoiler back on and was half a second faster, if not more. I, I remember seeing a lot about that, I believe it was the second Lancaster race, where it just seemed like such a tight field, and you guys were just putting on one hell of a show. Well, a lot better show, being honest, no offense to my super guys, but putting on way better of a show than the super guys at Lancaster. you have any idea why maybe – Blue Ridge puts on a better show there compared to some classes. Oh, you just just got. I mean, you got a lot. You got a lot of drivers. Um, you know, a lot of elbows up drivers. We're all trying to. You know, we all work regular jobs. None of us race for a living. So a lot of times, I'm not, I'm not going to super guys either. But I feel like sometimes if they're not just that much faster than the guy in front of them, sometimes they're com- more comfortable riding. You know, longer distances, just buying their time. We got 25, sometimes 30 laps, maybe, to get the job done. And we're all fighting for that extra bit of money. Who can buy more tires next week or whatever the case is? So we're always from the drop of the green flag to the drop of the checker flag. We're just elbows up, head down, just hard knocker racing, you know? Yeah. What would you say is probably uh, one or a few of your favorite tracks you've ran with Blue Ridge so far, or even just in the Carolinas in general? <laughs> Um, I, t- I tell you, I hate how long the drive it takes. We usually get home at like five or six in the morning when we go here, but Lakeview down in Dillon, South Carolina, mm-hmm. near, near Myrtle Beach. I was, I mean, I, we've been there twice now. We have a makeup race coming up on the 19th of August. And the first time we were down there, I was absolutely garbage. But um, I let over I let over half the race. The second time we were down there, just from building a notebook and getting some feel for the track. And that place races really, really good. Uh, I watched videos from, I don't know, I guess two years ago or whatever, and it seemed like everybody was just on the bottom. It was a one-lane racetrack. So whatever they've done to it over the past year or two years, whether it be different dirt, different track prep or whatever, they've got easily three grooves of racing there, and it was um, it was awesome. I actually, not many racers can say they enjoyed getting past, but <laughs> I watched Dan Brewer come by me on the outside off four, and I was like, how in the hell? And I started, you know, just searching for grips, trying to figure out what I can do. And I'm like, and this thing has, has three different lanes on it. Like, you can race from this place. This is awesome. So not many people would say they enjoyed being passed, but it was kind of a, it was just cool to see how good of a track it actually was. I like it, too. I like how Turn 1 and 2 has just pretty much the white picket fence <laughs> in 1 and 2. And then... Uh, no, yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, no wall in the back stretch, and then I like how it's just no wall in three and four. It kind of remi- reminds me of Lernerville, which is one of my favorite tracks. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks in the Carolinas as well. And uh, they they've had to postpone a race or two because they had so much rain and they had some flooding still in the infield. They I know they canceled their last race for the twenty second, but they should be good and ready for you guys. And even uh, ultimate the week before on the twelfth. But yeah. Uh, Lakeview, one of my favorite places. I've been there. I think I've been there twice as well. But um, 
Is there any dream tracks down the road you'd like to eventually get to, like an Eldora or a Fairbury or, or any place like that? Oh, dude, I would love to go to Fairbury. That place looks elbows up, and it's, it's always like fun watching the videos of those guys coming off of, I think it's off of two, where they come off and they're like right at the edge of the wall, and the wall ends, you know? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say Fairbury. I've been to Charlotte a couple of different times. Um, back when they had, I think it was the, the Fast Track 604 stuff, and the yep. Sika had a race through there um, back in the early 2000s or late 2000s, 2000, I guess, I don't know, 16, 17 maybe. Um, and, and I ran really good there. It's a really, it's a really beautiful facility. Um, yeah, I would say Eldora, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm honest, I'm not a fan of, the, of those bigger type racetracks. Like, um, you know, the Eldoras, the Lancasters, you know, places like that. They're just, they're just rough on equipment. And I feel like for us, regular Saturday night warriors, um, it's you know, worth it we show up to the track worried, you know, yeah. is, our, is our stuff going to stay up, stay together, um, for 25 laps of this place. So I'm more of just your your regular, just small bull ring, elbows up, hammer down type racetracks, or even if it's slicked off, it's just something smaller. Suits me and my driving style a lot better. I understand that, and you, you, I know you don't got the money for it now, probably, but you need to be heading up to you need to be heading up to Fairbury this week. Come on, you you'll do okay in that 525. I, I'm telling you, with that small track, you'll be fine. Your last wheel spin. Well, I tell you. We, uh, we, we, we ran Ford stuff all the past two years. So, um, the motor that I had that blew up at, at Lakeview and I was leading or running second technically, I guess then, um, it was basically the equivalent to your 525. Um, but, but Ford instead of Chevrolet, oh, okay. um, that, that motor blew up and, uh, the past, I guess the past two races, uh, what I went and got was an all steel, uh, Ford motors. It's, it's a built limited motor by racing and design. Um, there in Georgia, so it's um, it's been a learning curve the past few weeks. You know, going from all women to all steel, the different weight uh, weight perplexions and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah, uh, definitely seems like to me. I'm not I'm not too technologically advanced when it comes to knowing the difference between a bunch of the motors. I'm this year. I just learned what the difference between a six hundred two, a six hundred four, a five twenty five, and the Ford and the Chevy and that type of stuff. So I'm still new to this type of stuff, but I, I enjoy having new type of guys, uh, late mall guys, front wheel drive guys, anybody on teach me a little bit of it and teach us to the people listening. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome having you on, Nick. You have anything else we want to you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, just just you know, obviously, just the, the the huge thanks that I have to to the series for putting on a good you know a good a good racing um, venues and and something to go battle for. Uh, the points fun is astronomical. Uh, it's great for us Saturday night guys. So hats off to Smoot and the Blue Ridge guys, and um, obviously my my team at the shop and the sponsors that help us out. Um, you know my my team is pretty family funded and family worked on. Um, my mom and dad. You know we all I think me, mom, and my dad. Uh, we all work you know regular jobs and side jobs for the extra tire money and fuel bill it takes to get up and down the road. Um, in the past couple of years, I've had I've had uh, that that Ford crate motor I had was actually owned by Frankie Coates. He just let me loan it out, and um, I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me over my career. Um, my my family at the shop, uh, Lee Pilati. I know you know Caleb. He got me on the show tonight. Yeah. So uh, you know Caleb Boatwright, uh, my girlfriend Grace, um, Eric Stiefel. He's now once again. I mean, we blew up and we were just devastated. Didn't know what to do. Um, 
So we got together, and he keeps his car at my shop. He's a he's he's new into six hundred two racing. This is his very first year. He's got about I don't know four or five races under his belt now. Um, he actually fronted the money to go get this other motor we have now. So um, big shout out to him as well. Um, Buffalo Bar and Grill with Jeff Robinson. Um, him and his wife Linda um, have been astronomically huge help over the past several years. If anybody's ever in Greenwood or near Greenwood County. Stop in at Buffalo Bar and Grill. They've got some of the best chicken wings around. Um, this is this is a big family, family friends and and family members that really foot the bill and get this thing up and down the road every week. I, I hear that from everybody, and I I love the family feel of just all the different drivers and all the different teams around this whole area, and that's one of my uh, one of the reasons why I just like talking to you guys and just like uh, hearing your guys' story how you how you started racing at Hartwell back in the day, and then how you've been doing this year at Blue Ridges. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Nick. I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you down the road. I'm trying to think maybe next. I don't really have too many Blue Ridges on my Blue Ridge races on my schedule because I follow more like a Clash and Ultimate, but I, I do need to make it there more. I need to make it to an East Lincoln race. That's one of my favorite tracks for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I think we go well. We got uh, Lincoln to go back to East Lincoln September first and second for a two day show, I believe. Uh, we got Lawrence on September the thirtieth. I know Smoot and them are mentioning possibly yeah, adding one there. more unknown race to the schedule this year. So come by and see and check us out. Uh, love to put a face with the name and get to know you more and and uh, definitely appreciate being on the show yeah that's good with me uh i'm trying to think the one time one time uh, last time i was at a blue ridge race was the carolina race at the beginning of the year for the steve hunts memorial and i was running around with the ritchie brothers uh two twins you guys are probably if you run around the pits at most of these races down here you've probably seen kyle and kevin awesome guys and they they're like yeah, well, we I race with Caleb. We uh play with the lab. We're gonna go talking to him for him. I'm like, okay. And so I meet Caleb, and then didn't really remember his name. Just met a lot of people that day. Kind of just blanked my mind. And then I see Caleb just posting a lot about you, and I vaguely remembered standing in the pits of that car that night, and I didn't let it click until honestly about like a month or two ago. And message him like, hey, I've met you somewhere, haven't I? And he was like, I'm trying to remember it too. I'm like, Carolina Blue Ridge race beginning of the year. He's like. Oh yeah, you're there with Kyle and Kevin. I'm like, yeah, and then, and I think me and you made us might have said, hey, for a second, you were just you just got out of the car and we're chilling. And I was about to head home. I had like an hour forty five ride home that night and went to Jack in the Box. But uh, yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome having you on here. You're welcome on anytime. And uh, next time, maybe we'll bring Caleb on and let him uh, see what he has to say. Oh gosh, we'll never. We'll be on here until eleven o'clock or midnight. <sighs> I, I'm gonna be having Hunter Weaver on here sometime. And Let's do it. He's, he's, he's a good man. He's a good man for sure. Me, he's going to have on the show. Me and him are going to have some dirt racing rabbit holes episodes. Uh, I don't know. If me and him start getting too into the weeds, I might have to make that a little mini series, honestly. There you go. There you go. Yeah, me and him, I, 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 gotta, I haven't thrown these ideas to him yet, but me and him might have to have a like record them like October, November. And then I just release them, release them periodically through the whole off season. Okay. I just, I'm, I just plan my whole off season, but uh, hey. yeah, I appreciate you coming on buddy. And I'll uh, see you down the road. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. Right. Yes, sir. Hope everybody enjoyed the interview with Nick. It was awesome to learn a little bit more about the Blue Ridge Outlaws and about him and how he grew up racing, all that type of stuff. But uh, let's get into the rest of the weekend of racing that it was for July 28th, 29th, and see what we coming, uh, got coming up for August 4th and 5th. 
Uh, I'm just going to cover each series, each track, what they had going on, what they have going on uh, this upcoming weekend. And let's start with the tracks. Let's see how we go from there. Let's start with East Lincoln. So they had a couple of makeup divisions to be able to get done from the 22nd because they ran a little late, had a curfew, just had to end the night and say, hey, we'll come back. And let's see what results they have here. They had the American Racer Modifieds in town. And they uh, did a meet and greet the next gen. And then the clouds came in and left a few divisions not finished. I believe they're going to be making them up in the next week or double points. Stuff like that. Uh, but here are the winners they did get in. In Renegades, it was Brad Williams. Pro 4, they did not get the race in. Thunder Bombers, neither. Front wheel drive, didn't get it in. Next gen kids ended up being Bentley Cottle. Second was Colton Somm. American Racer Modifieds was won by Austin Self himself. Pure Stock V8 did not get to run, and Mod Lights was won by Tim White. Uh, their next race is going to be August 5th. They're going to be having Power Wheels races, plus a regular show. That's going to be Renegades, Pro Force, Thunder Bombers, Front Wheel Drive, Powder Puff, Pure Stock V8, and V6. So no LS Sprints and no Next Gen Kids. Uh, the LS Sprints will be back on August 12th. Let's jump over to Cherokee Speedway, and this is also going to cover the Carolina Sprint Tour. So they're trying to get their Open Wheel Madness in. You had the USCS Sprint Cars. We'll get into a little bit the rest of their weekend with Carolina Speedway and Travelers Rest before. Uh, so they're supposed to have USCS, Carolina Sprint Tour, uh, the Mideast 602 Modifieds, and the UMP Modifieds. And they end up getting no races in at all. And let's see what they were able to yeah, so it was postponed, and the makeup date is going to be September 9th. Because they're supposed to have, yeah, uh, besides the other divisions I listed a minute ago, they're supposed to have Renegade Sportsman and the Carolina Mini Late Models. Uh, I believe Carolina Mini Late Models dropped off uh, right before the event started or uh, kind of got scrapped at the last second. I'm not too sure about that. But if you want more information in general about Cherokee Speedway, of uh, uh, well, with the Cherokee Chatter podcast, he went into good depth about uh, depth about the difference between leased events and regular events, about how the wristbands transfer over and 50-50s and a bunch of good information like that that I feel like a regular race fan or just anybody needs to know about coming to some of these events. And uh, in the event that rain or weather or cancellations and stuff happen, if you do have those wristbands and how they transfer over, and really good episode. Uh, shout out to Will and his podcast. Obviously, if you want more in-depth info about everything going on at the place your mom warned you about, check out his podcast. Their next race is going to be August 5th. It's going to be just a weekly show with the Southern Vintage Cars, and that includes the 604 Late Models, Street Stocks, Renegade Sportsman's, Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock, Vintage Cars, Extreme 4, and the Crown Vicks. Obviously, it's going to be Pitts 430, Stands 5, and racing will start hot laps at 7.15. We're going to be jumping over to Carolina Speedway. And they had the USCS guys. They had a good bit of weather in the area Friday afternoon, early Friday evening. And they ended up not getting any cars on track till 10.08. And so that means first main was at 12.14 a.m. Is that right? Uh... 11.53 with a Thunder Sportsman's. And their last one, they finished at 123. So full show getting done in, what's that, three hours? A little over three hours? 
they got it through doing the best they could. They didn't run. They didn't run until two, three a.m. So, uh, Providence, Carolina, getting that show in as quick as they could, and shout out to the fans being able to stay late and help them get that show in and support the racers and everybody. But let's go over those results. In Thunder Sportsman, it was Cade Langley picking up another victory over Troy Blue and Nick Milstead. In the USCS Sprint Cars Dash, it was CJ Miller picking up the victory. In Pro 4 Main, Jacob Kinder extending his championship points lead with a win over Patrick Annis and Dylan Warden. In Super Sportsman, it was Josh Wilkerson taking home the win. And the winner of the USCS Sprint Car Main Event was Sane DeVault. It was 25 laps, and he won the race over Johnny Bridges and Terry Gray. Thunder Bombers, the victor was Justin Truitt. I uh, know Justin, talked to him a few times. Awesome dude. Nice to see him uh, pick up a victory this year. I'm not sure if that was his first one or his second one. Not too sure, but uh, shout out to Justin and his team, James Dedman, all of them. Uh, Luke Mullinax was third. Garrett Sweat, or uh, second. Oh, wait, let me get this right. Second was Luke Mullinax. Third was Garrett Sweat. For the Hornets, it was Brian Barfield picking up the victory, I believe. Yeah, Brian Barfield picking up over Brad McManus and Willie Fowler. And finishing off the night was Crown Vicks, won by Stephen Herring. Second was Jonathan Chapman, and third was young Kyle Lucas. Shout out, Kyle Lucas. But yeah, good overall night at Carolina. Uh, let's go over to good old Mark Abernathy's Facebook to see when their next event is. I'm not too sure if they're doing anything on the fit, uh, the 4th because they have the big Shrine 100 coming up with the Carolina Clash late models. We'll be getting into that just a little more. One second. I'm just kind of seeing. Thanks for bearing with me for a half second. No, it does not look like August 4th. I'm just checking everything, making sure I get everything right for them. And it looks like they have a demo derby, but to my knowledge, that was canceled, I believe so. So August 11th will be the Shrine 100, and let me get those divisions correct. Uh, they just posted them this morning, I believe. It will be Super Late Models, Open Wheel Modifieds, Thunder Sportsman, Thunder Bombers, Pro 4, Ford Outlaws, and Hornets. So pretty much all of their basic uh, local divisions they have. And it's the 51st Shrine 100, and it's going to be a total of $30,000 purse. I'm not too sure how that's going to look out through the field. Hopefully next week's episode I'll have that fully detailed out for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome for them. Uh, that's it for the tracks. And uh, to finish up with the Carolina Sprint Tour, they were supposed to obviously get their event in at Cherokee with part of Open Wheel Madness on the 29th. And that means their next race will not be until August 19th at Lawrence County. Uh, I wish I could make it there. Sprint Cars of Lawrence County sounds cool to me. Uh, a bunch of the guys I've talked to said they really enjoy racing there. And uh, that makeup date for them is going to be August, I mean, September 9th, excuse me. But yeah, let's get into the rest of our series. Uh, we mentioned them just a minute ago, the Carolina Clash. They are running the Shrine Race August 11th. That is their next event. And so that means if you've been keeping up with a little bit, their race for August 4th, this upcoming Friday at Livonia, has been canceled. Uh, being honest, I've done a little bit of digging to try to find out why or what the scheduling conflict they listed was, like why exactly this race is not going to be happening. And I couldn't find out anything really from uh, people 
people from both sides, track side and series side. Uh, it's just a part of it sometimes, and uh, I just hate it for Carolina Clash. They had a really strong start of the season with a bunch of their races, even a few being streamed on XR, and I just hope they're able to pick up that momentum. I believe Ben Watkins is still their points leader uh, through, I think they've had six or seven races so far. And, yeah, I just uh, hate it for him. I want to see him back on track again. I don't believe I'll be at the Shrine 100 but hopefully I will be seeing them a few weeks after one of their next races, maybe Hall of Fame, uh, something like that, Lancaster. But, yeah, good for uh, Carolina Clash. I know they're not going to cancel Shrine 100. I just know that for a damn fact. That's that's like their, one of their two, three marquee races a year. I know they're not canceling that. And to the Ultimate Super Late Models, this upcoming weekend they have the Bob Sharp Memorial at Sumter Speedway paying 10,000 smackaroos to win that thing. Uh, last time they were there was June 10th, and that was won by Christian Thomas. He got the victory over Zach Mitchell and Adam Yarborough. Uh, double the money. I expect a good bit higher car count. Uh, I'm not. T I'm trying to think of other regional late mile races in the area. I know there's the uh, Southern All-Stars at Beckley. That's a good ways away, and... I'm not too sure if Hunt the Front has a race this weekend. Uh, Jack, if you're listening to this, uh, go go check out Jack's work on the Hunt the Front Super uh, Dirt Series page. He does awesome stuff on there, and that's not just because he's one of my buddies. He actually does good quality work doing their social media. Um, yeah, so I will be doing it on location. I will be there Saturday, and the Do It shirts will be finalized and ordered at that point. So if you want to just kind of finish getting your uh, shirt in, I had a couple extra order for all of them. So, yeah, just uh, if once I – obviously I know I'll sell the rest of them when, uh, when they come in and I have them on hand. But if you want to just get the last little pre-orders while they're getting made and processed, uh, just let me know. I'll get your name on the list and make sure I have uh, the correct amount ordered for everything. Uh, yeah, and uh, glad to see Sumter Speedway getting some more big races. They've had a bunch of good late models shows this season so far with the Steel Blocks and uh, Blue Ridge. I couldn't, I literally just had a Blue Ridge driver on this episode, and I couldn't think of what Blue Ridge was for a half second. And uh, yeah, the only other series we got to talk about is SEDRA, uh, like we talked about last week and had last week's guest with a member of SEDRA. Uh, their last race was the Rebel Yell a week and a half ago, and their next race is going to be at Rome August 18th and 19th with the Ultimate Super Late Models. And I will, I'm like a 99% chance I'll be there. Uh, I want to go to a big, bad, fast track like Rome. I'm excited to make up there in a couple weeks. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks once we get there. And yeah, I uh, don't have too much more to talk about. Uh, always shout Reaper Apparel Company, shout out to. Uh, Kyle with Front Wheel Drive Friday. We have another little uh, brand ambassador thing in the works. I need to get that finalized, get that worked out. But, yeah, I'm excited to uh, let you guys know about that. Hopefully in the next week or two. And, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just happy we're in the middle of races. I'm happy we're able to get a bunch of these races in. I know the rain sucks some. I was, uh, being honest, I was in the pouring rain in Charleston at a concert, uh, a concert my girlfriend wanted to go to. and uh, But she enjoyed it. She loved it. And, yeah, I was just happy to be a supportive boyfriend in the pouring rain with a poncho that was like a trash bag, a cookout, got burned to the beach on my sister's boat. It was a good weekend. Uh, I'd rather have been doing that than uh, getting rained on there. But, I don't know, at least you got to see race cars do a hot lap. So <laughs> but uh, I hope you guys had a great week. hope you guys have a good week coming up, uh, rest of it. 
Uh, go check out some local racing wherever you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in the Carolinas or if you have to stay at home. Go watch some on some streaming, Flow, Dirt Vision. Uh, I'm trying to think what, uh, what all the series are doing. I know Boone is tonight. It's coming out Tuesday. Um, World of Outlaws is racing, I believe. Just hey, yeah, You go to that Dirt Tracker. You go to that Analytics, analytics and uh, watch tonight thing and you'll find all the racing or hard kid as for when it comes to dirt but i appreciate you guys checking out my podcast doing on dirt is already episode 36 uh it's been a fun ride so far we're gonna keep charging we're gonna keep getting better i appreciate you guys uh hanging on and uh yeah uh, if you want to leave a review on spotify and apple i'd appreciate that so much help get me up there share this with all your friends on your social medias your facebooks your instagrams your exes uh, no well not your ex-girlfriends uh, the app the app x yeah Yes, uh, no, I know. You don't need to share it with your ex unless she likes dirt racing. I really don't care. But <laughs> but don't tell her to hit me up. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to get myself in enough trouble. <laughs> and this is another edition of Evan Rambling. But <laughs> um, yeah, uh, share uh, share this podcast on all the social medias. If you want to hear me ramble for about 45 minutes every week, I, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I am planning to have Jack and a couple more of my buddies co-host the show with me a little bit more. And because uh, I believe they make the show better instead of just having me ramble and have another person to bounce things off of and uh, start conversations. I always love having Mike on when we have the big national shows coming up that either I'm going to or he's going to. Uh, I, next one that I believe will be the Rumble by the River at Port Royal with the Lucas Dirt Series. Uh, I think it's about three weeks from now. But we got so much racing going on. I just hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, don't forget to follow Doing Which Under on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And yeah, hope you guys have a great week. See ya.